Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome you to Porch Talk. We're burning the phone lines over to Athens, Georgia tonight to catch up with Spencer Thomas. Here is Staten Down and off his latest album, Hanging Tough. Corner of state and down end echoes shouting from your party down the road. Show up with a bottle of red wine to give you, try to steal your eyes. Danny and I go burn one while they tell you happy birthday, girl. We love you. Yes, we do. The fire burns the color of your eyes And ignites the corner of state and down it The next day I drown in time I see my mama and my daddy And I tell them a year or two and I'll be through Then it's Nashville, Chattanooga Or the mountains, maybe Boise, I don't know It's a thought I have When I watch time sit still and kill My faith on the corner of state and down in will fade in the night I wake up in the morning hungover and wonder what else could go more wrong Oh, the battle of the mind is a war I can't seem to win Time and time again I look for every Man, how's it going? How is uh, how's Athens treating you? Man, Athens is treating me incredibly well. I will have to say, um, it's a it's a different experience. You know, I've I've gone through a whole lot of changes at once, like moving out here on my own, 
uh, knowing a couple people, but not too many. And um, I got to say, I've been with the circles of people uh, that I do know. I've, I've been very welcomed, been very taken care of. People have been very giving and inviting. Um, I, I don't really have enough good things to say about Athens, Georgia. <laughs> For yeah, too many good things. Yeah, I'm telling you, I thought it was the bravest thing. I know it was a little bit delayed with uh, everything, but just mm-hmm. right now, I know you. Uh, I'm assuming you moved to, you know, further your music career. Yeah, um, and and just kind of relocate it, you know, um, see how. Uh, my my skills can serve a new group of people and see how um, those same skills can serve me. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I think we are, uh, when it comes to music, we, we are, are servants in a lot of ways to, um, to, to our friends and their, and their songs. And um, I found a lot of people um, here. In fact, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little story about last night. Okay. So um, last night I hung out with my friend Drew Beskin, um, and Drew is a uh, great songwriter. He's just wrapped up his third solo record, and he is also the general manager of the Georgia Theater, um, which is the historic theater in downtown Athens mm-hmm. and, um, and he's like well man let's get some acoustic gu- guitars and uh, I'll pick you up and let's go have a key to the theater and let's just sit, go sit on the roof um, and there's a rooftop bar up there for those who haven't been to the Georgia theater and, uh, and we went to the roof and we sat there with our acoustic guitars um after getting stoned, um, and uh, after he, yeah, and and to be very honest with you, Alan, um, I he was starting to show me some stuff, and I was getting in my head because uh, it seems like that's the only thing that getting high makes me do <laughs> as of late. So I'm kind of steering <laughs> off of it. But I was just kind of very inward, and then I was like, man, can we just talk? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we can talk. And uh, he, you know, he just heard me out, and I just I just kind of, you know, told him about moving here alone and, and how I feel and how, I, how it, it's, uh, even though we're in, even though I'm around a group of people who, who do, care for me and support me it's still i still feel like an outsider because i'm new i'm new to this place and, uh-huh. um and you know he's i think drew's maybe 33 or 34 and we and i was like well what did you learn from 28 to 34 and he was like honestly i was uh kind of i was pretty depressed like around the time i was your age and i think it was just before i started working at the theater and, and um you know and he just got married and and he he was just kind of helping me figure out uh, how to how to not be so hard on myself. And um, 
you know, just feeling a lot of extreme imposter syndrome lately, but I think it's because, uh, because of growth. When there's so much change and you're trying to grow and you're trying to keep up, you feel, you feel like you're an imposter and you feel like you don't belong. Uh-huh, sure. And, uh, and so in that moment, after we talked for a while and I was able to air my grievances, I picked up the guitar and I showed him a song that I'd written a couple months ago, properly entitled Imposter. <laughs> um, and then I started showing him another slew of songs and we, we just worked on more tunes and, and he was like, okay, this is how you should do this song. Like, like we should, you know, like he was just so excited and wanted to get me in a, in a, studio somewhere in town and it was just like oh like that's that's it that's the encouragement right there Mm -hmm. just being able to sit down with someone else and play these songs for someone and then they go like hey that's really good show me that part again Uh okay what if you did this and they and you start building from there because Man, I don't know about you, but uh, writing songs in your bedroom helps you out, but after a while, it becomes a bit of a lonely journey. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, I, it's a very similar story. And so uh, for Labor Day weekend, I went down to uh, Mobile to do some podcasting and to catch up with friends. And a uh, guy I grew up with, he lives over in Foley, so that was the last stop. And I uh, had scheduled... You know, let's uh, let's share what we've been working with musically. Uh, we'll hook up the mic. We'll do a podcast, and uh, we'll just hang out like we used to. And um, mm-hmm. you know, we started playing. We started playing guitar, and I started showing him some riffs and some ideas that I had been working out that were half thought. And uh, he's always been like really good. Anytime that we can get together musically, is uh, he helps me fill out ideas. Mm-hmm. And we did that for a spell, and I just kind of stopped. I was like, man, let's, you mind just stepping out here on the porch, and I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to have a cigarette, and uh, I'd, I'd kind of just like to talk about music rather than play it right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it's, with this podcast, I mean, if we were in Athens right now, uh, when it was over, you know, I'd bring my guitar, and you know, we could trade songs back and forth, and it's very therapeutic and very helpful. It's like I get yeah. to sit down one-on-one with people that I admire and respect in the world of songwriting and then to share my ideas on top of hearing their new ideas. And uh, that's very cool uh, thing that I get mm-hmm. to do. Uh, yeah. It's it's always, uh, you know, it, it, it never feels real to me. It's like it's somewhere I don't feel like I belong, but... I'm finding my place and it's beginning to not feel strange. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so great. And so with, with these people that you've interviewed, you've actually been able to sit down almost kind of, uh, workshop a little bit with, with <coughs> some of these people you admire, which is, which is a, really incredible thing to do yeah and it's i mean it's cult, it's cultivated uh so much and i mean just like you leaving uh the jackson area to athens well the way they do music there is not the same 
you know? Yeah. And like yeah. E- even the community that supports it, uh, you know, you you might have found a better niche for you for as far as people to network and support what you're doing. You know, you don't know unless you go. Yeah. And, That's uh, absolutely it. But a lot of those sessions, it'll end up as like, let's let's go back and forth and exchange songs and after one exchange i put my guitar down and i was like i I don't know if i'm wasting time right now or not but i would just like to stop and just talk more about music rather than playing it sometimes (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh i i agree Mm, there's there's something about that because when you do share your songs, you are you you're sharing pieces of your heart, pieces of your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're you're opening yourself up to someone. So I mean, uh, you know, while you're there to work on the art, it's also just a moment to to just chat with a friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, because. If 2020 hasn't been hard enough, it's like each month welcomes something brand new that is just not cool. (laughs) Each month you're just going like, yeah, okay, well, uh, here it is. Yeah, join join the group. It was like we were, you know, we were talking yesterday, and um, first of all, I want to just say that I'm that I'm glad um, that we ended up doing this. but as I was driving around yesterday and we were talking about 2020 and then we were talking about an asteroid that was supposed to strike Earth <laughs> yeah. on or around Election Day. And I was just like, oh, well, go ahead and throw it in the bunch. I mean, right. <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, it, like with any other year, you'd be like, no, there's no way. But with this year, you're like, well, I mean, possibilities are very good for this. <laughs> Possibilities, very good. Um, what, you know, what's what's the missing piece here, Alan? Are we do do we just see other people as problems too much? I've I'll tell you what I've learned from twenty twenty is uh, you know Sunstroke House is uh, it's a big part of my life. It's a big part of the podcast, I and mean, it's where we it's where we met. Uh huh. Um. Not being able to go to those shows, which uh, this is interesting too, at my work, um, our leadership, I thought it was going to be a circle jerk kind of thing where we all stand in a circle and, you know, applaud one another and then go back to doing what we always do. And all we've been saying in this company that I work for is we want to improve internally so that we can better serve the community. And so they, they made us take this Meyer Briggs test. Uh, you know, the personality test. Yeah. And then uh, I thought it was interesting, and then I've uh, got this guy, I think he works with State, I think he's in the psychology department, to uh, run these classes and to explain these personalities. And he was like, the way that we deal with people and your personality temperament, 75% of it's inherited, but 25% is your environment. Mm. And he was like, so, a trauma uh, can affect the way that you think. It can affect you emotionally. It it affects your personality and the way that you perceive the reality. Yeah. And so with something like 2020, with being quarantined and like lockdown, I knew that 
uh, music and shows were an important part of my life. I go to a lot. And now, I mean, every chance I get to go, I definitely do. But, you know, it's not like 2019. Um, and so I, I think just just from that personality test and, like, just getting those results and then just with how I felt, not – I wouldn't say depressed, but I have been having somewhat of a hard time. It's getting better is uh, – I, I wouldn't say it's the people. It's just – it's our it's our environment, and it's what uh, – of, you know, like we were talking yesterday with just screen time on phones. It's like, okay, I spent eight hours on my phone today. What did I yeah. do? What did I do with today? I feel like I've wasted it now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're we, so, and we're so mean to each other on like social media. Like if we don't agree politically, well, you're automatically stupid, uh, for yeah. your, your, for your beliefs. Yeah. Or you know, or if you don't, if you don't see the the importance in these protests, or if you know, uh, if you don't believe what I believe, you're a conspiracy theorist and you can't be trusted, mm-hmm. or you're you shouldn't be reputable. I was man, mm-hmm. stop, stop. Everybody love love everybody. We don't need this right now because I have uh, several people from. Uh, Mobile or from Birmingham or these different scenes that I'm getting involved in that uh, they've ended their own life. And it's a, it's a big part of like what 2020 has just been perpetuating. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to give a shout out to your buddy as like, uh, I guess this is kind of like a mental health for you and I uh, episode just to share some of these ideas. Yeah. Is the Crash and Ride podcast. Yeah, I, I really like his Patrick work. Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, I typ- well, I typically don't spend a lot of time with that. You know, we're very uh, fun loving and just storytelling on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do believe it's important and relevant to do. Man, but these these are our stories right now. Um, I mean, it's like every podcast that I listen to has an ad for Better Help or Talk Space or I mean. You know, because people are in isolation, they go to, they go online for their therapy. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll be uh, up front and say that I, I did uh, better help, you know, because when I just looked at my calendar, wiped, and I was just sitting at home, and it was the first time I had really s- slowed down. Yeah. And not had anywhere to go. I mean, I just you started finding my, problems in yourself, didn't you? Yeah. Oh my! I I felt like my identity collapsed, and I was so used to packing everything up in a bag and leaving, um, just you know, on a dime. I mean, ev- every every week I was somewhere, um, and uh, and sometimes gone for months, and it just. It really, it really put me down. Um, and, uh, you know, shout out to an amazing therapist that I had over those couple of months that helped me through. But, um, you know, I, I move, I move out here and I'm like, mm, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should explore that again. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but it's, it's, 
I, I think it's really interesting because we are trying to socially distant, you know, because we have our masks on and we we're trying to steer clear of people who have the virus or who we think might have the virus. Yeah. We don't we don't start as many conversations with people that with strangers. We don't stop to say hello. Mm-hmm. And I mean it was it's funny the difference in, in my day and what seems to be the difference in another person's day when I'm at a store and I just stop and I just say like, Hey, I'm Spencer, you know, and I introduce myself and they say their name. We can just have a moment of just like human relationship. Yeah. You're a human. I'm a human. Hello. We we're here. We're wearing a mask, but it's okay. You're still a human. Yeah. And even when you're behind a computer screen and maybe you have a different political opinion than me, you're still a human. And, man, Alan, the words that we say to each other behind a screen are just so brutal. And it was like you said yesterday. It's like people forgot what it was like to have a conversation where they could get punched in the face for what they say. Yeah. Yeah, man. Is uh man, I try to even if I don't agree with you, I try to be as respectful as I can cuz mm-hmm. uh I I want to understand you if I don't agree. Yeah. Because I mean, I think about like the definition of fear that I use is uh it's the opposite of faith. Um faith is believing in something that you can't see. Well, when you're f- afraid or you fear something, it's usually coming from a place of not understanding it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if you're afraid of spiders, I'm not, like, next time you see a spider web, I'll, I'm not suggesting walk into it. But, it's, you know, maybe check out some spider videos on YouTube and, like, uh, fit, try to figure out, like, why am I so afraid of these eight-legged freaks? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if it's... You know, if it's uh, the city, you know, a lot of people supposedly are leaving Los Angeles uh, just for different reasons. It was, was it fear driven? And if you're leaving, like, where are you going? Are you going to the country? Or are you just going to another city? Or, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. Because, like, I'm telling you, is, uh, and we've kind of forgotten this too, is, uh, and I like it in the Columbus community. Uh, we got a, a beer garden about to open October 2nd. We're going to have uh, live music outside. Everything's going to be socially distanced, and it's going to be a great thing for the community. I think the community really needs this. It's a time of mm-hmm. coming together and to say hello to a, a face that you haven't seen in a while. Yeah, and, even uh, if it's just the top half. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just their eyes. Yeah, right. But you know what, man? If, if that's if that's what we get, then 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 I will then I will take it. I will I will take it over sitting at home. I will take it over scrolling through Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I I'm tell, like just even with, with you know what I've been trying to do with some of the porch talk uh, uh, social media stuff. You know, is uh, I've asked you to uh, play, and you know we're working on a date and. Now we might have to figure out like a different platform to do it on instead of Facebook. But um, mm-hmm. 
the reason behind that is I know, A, that um, the people that I'm asking to come do it, they identify as musicians and they want to perform and they're not able to right now. Two is, that's a big part of your livelihood, so I'm going to compensate you for it. And three is like, I still find value in your work and it, it helps me too. And I, and I want to share it with people who follow our social media who are like-minded and like, and maybe they've never heard your music, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's, there's no negative quality to it. Right. And, and that's yeah. the thing that I'm, I'm, I guess I'm saying about community and like, uh, 2020 as a whole is, uh, we just need to be more community minded. We need to become united again. I feel like everything is so divisive, divisive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. man, we, we we can all surely agree on something. <laughs> it. Why does it seem like it's stretching further and further from that? You know, can can we all agree on? everybody's doing their best (laughs) yeah can we all agree on like do we want to live in harmony do we want to understand each other well i mean god i sure hope so because that's far better than the alternative yeah um and want to see people for who they are and not for the conspiracy theories that they believe or the presidential candidate that they follow. It's just a different point of view. Yeah, it's a, it is a, it is a different point of view. And I, I know like, and people will say that like, well, you know, if, if you are, if you're supporting Donald Trump, then you're also a bigot and a racist and all this. And, and I'm like, well, I mean, I, that, that kind of scares me that who somebody votes for, um, you know, people will wrap up all of the qualities of the person that they're voting for and also put it on that individual. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, do, do you, do you feel that way as well? Do you- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. just to say this, like, just with this uh, this podcast platform, if mm-hmm. if I came out to be pro Trump, or if I came out pro Biden, well, the opposite side would want to cancel me, which mm-hmm. would, in turn, like, it would be a very good thing because when the other side figured out what that side was trying to do to me, well, they're gonna pick me up. You know, and they're going to support me. So, in the midst of you trying to cancel me, you solidified my presence with the other side. Once again, that's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I guess my, my, my whole point is like, you know, the, the hate that you show for another side makes you just as bad. Yeah. Um, and use a social media platform to shout into the void of chances are a bunch of people who believe the same thing that we do Mm -hmm. Um, because we 
we have our in our life through our phone we have our own channel and uh, and ads are catered to us uh, whether they be political or um, or it's or it's that tent that you and your buddy were talking about uh, 10 minutes ago <laughs> uh-huh and then there's an ad about it yeah, it's it's catered to you, mm-hmm. and uh, and so when we have a when we have a world that is set up to look exactly the way that we've kind of built it in our phones, then then anything outside of that becomes uh, pretty intimidating, and that's where the fear comes in, and that's where the misunderstanding comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we just we see it and we don't know, and we and and we're afraid again. We're we're and and then we become afraid to to like can we not just like disagree and and still still support and love each other? Yeah, it's a it's a song idea that I've been working on. I've been kicking words around trying to figure out how I wanted to say it, but yeah, um, it's like a post lockdown theme is like. When the masks come off, I hope they really come off. Is uh, you know, it, it's that it's that idea of now we're literally wearing masks, but you know, we wear masks all the time. Mm. I want you to be real. I want you to be a hundred percent you. Don't try to be somebody else. Uh, be unapologetically yourself, unless yourself is like a piece of shit. Then aspire to be more (laughs) but you know i i I want these i want these masks to come off of you know it's more than a physical it's a metaphorical Mm -hmm. just and just thinking about like with dealing with people man i I think it was a tweet i saw the other day and it was like the best thing i'd read it was uh it was talking about the idea of life stories it's uh you know if you get if you get upset with um, someone else, like at a red light, they're automatically, first word out of your mouth is probably, that idiot, he's playing on his phone and he made me uh, get caught up by this light again. You got to think is, we're all writing these books and uh, we're the main character of these stories, but he's also the main st- character of his story and we forget that. Yeah. And that, yeah, that you know, and that says a lot about who you surround yourself with, the mm-hmm. environment, right? And uh, is the people that uh, you surround yourself with are they uplifting you and are they pushing you the direction that you want to go? And if they're not, then what are you doing? Because yeah. you you only got so many days on this earth, and when it's over, it's over. Uh-huh. And man, I'll be damned if I don't do what I want to do uh-huh. or give it the old college try at least yeah yeah man I think that your uh, exposure to all these people that write songs and, and you host and uh, and you hosting them on your podcast it's like that's that's a way for you to to be consistently 
learning from others and and choosing who you surround yourself with mm-hmm. um, you know choose, uh, finding a tribe that uh, not only supports you I mean you know because support is one thing challenging you is the other mm-hmm. pushing you is the other yeah um, <clears throat> And you have to make sure that you that you have that you have both. Uh, you are you are loved and you're supported, but you you are challenged. You're you're being you're being pushed towards um, you know your your best self, and you have to and in in reaching that uh, self improvement is how we also help other people. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's something that everybody really did really agrees with, but um, your cup has to be full and overflowing so you can fill another. Yeah, uh, totally. I agree with that, man. I've got a. I'm working on scheduling it out right now, but it's. Uh, she just wrote a book. It's uh, very much in that frame of mind. I want to say the uh, the title of the book is. Um, dealing with being single while all your friends are working on their second child, on having their second child. And it, it, the whole book is like we live in this keeping up with the Johnsons or, you know, whatever, however way you want to say it, but we always compare ourselves to everyone around us. And I, mean, I warn people about this all the time. Is like uh, there's people in their early 20s in my hometown here uh, they're all getting married because their friends are getting married. Uh, you're going to find some problems down the road that you didn't deal with because you were trying to keep up with them. And they were probably trying to keep up with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the, yeah. this idea of self-improvement and self-love is definitely something I get behind. I think mm-hmm. it can be taken too far sometimes, but when it's done... Mm-hmm. When it's done correctly, like, uh, uh, I like yoga. Um, I don't do it as much as I did, and I can't do a lot of the, the hard poses, but I had a back injury, and I had a choice of surgery or physical therapy and yoga. Well, I want physical therapy and yoga. If I can avoid surgery, I'm definitely going to do this. And yeah. it helped me with a lot of things, like uh, my seating posture, because I was doing all these poses that, you know, were good for my back. Uh, It made me want to sit properly, to not hunch. Even though if, you know, you're playing a guitar sitting down, generally you'll be hunched over it. But Uh uh, just to be more mindful of myself and how I'm carrying myself, how I walk. Yeah. You know, just the little things. Mm -hmm. Which leads into how I carry myself. Yes. How I project myself to people. Uh-huh. Man, I am obviously an avid fan of yoga. And it is it has been that's been a, a, a life changing addition to my my everyday um, and I agree it does a lot with how you carry yourself and it also, um, it 
gives you space between your thoughts. Because I don't know about you, but mine um, are sometimes like somebody is spraying a huge faucet over my face, and I and I am just like trying to like get past it and breathe. Like, you know, yeah. Like all the all the thoughts are just come just like just jabbing you at once, and and when you're so far and you lodged in your brain and listening to all that, especially. Uh, you know, just wrapped up in negative self-talk somewhere in there as well. It's like, how the fuck can you even help anybody mm-hmm. when you're so far into that? And so, um, Thich Nhat Hanh writes in Being Peace, which if you're ever interested in a nice short read that uh, will just make you feel very comfortable in this world, Being Peace. Um, but one of the uh, precepts for the order of interbeing um, is to not avoid contact with suffering. You have to be aware of it. You need to be aware of people that are suffering Mm -hmm. because then you can find where you're open, where you can open up for compassion. Mm -hmm. Right? And and, And I think that that yoga, mindfulness, meditation, all of that is collecting yourself in order to be of better service to your world. And so um, I commend you, and you may, you know, I mean, and at first it's just for your own personal health and being flexible, And uh, but when you carry yourself better, you're more confident. Right. And, when you breathe and become more mindful, you're more helpful. Um, I've found that the more I meditate, the better listener I become. And then uh, I realize that, you know, at some point that some people have talked to me for a really long time and realized that they told me a lot more information than they planned to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got I get the uh, the same effect sometimes. Uh, that was part mm-hmm. of that conversation we had in Foley. Uh, that mm-hmm. that was one thing I was telling Sid. I was like, one thing that I've learned from doing this podcast, as long as I've done it, is when I reflect on past episodes and even up to now, is I can tell that I've personally grown as a listener, as being able to not just hear a person, but to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like from podcaster to podcaster, if we have the same guest on, um, you know, we might have a conversation. It was like, you got a lot more out of them than I did. And I was like, I, I was just listening to them. And when they when they said something, uh, people will tell you where they want to go. They'll give you like little little words or it's uh, that's kind of flirting with maybe what they're dealing with or maybe something they want to talk about a little bit more but you Mm -hmm. gotta you gotta pick up on it yeah yeah i was telling my mom today you know she actually hadn't heard of terry gross um who is the the fresh air host Mm -hmm. Uh, did you ever listen to fresh air the npr show it's i mean it's been on for 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 years and years but uh, terry gross gave a tip about 
conversation and how and how leaving questions more open ended mm-hmm. um, can help people fill in the gaps. You know, like so for instance, like if you were to be like, Well, Spencer, you just moved to Athens, were you scared? You know, and then I'm like, Well, yeah, I was scared. And that's were the you end. Nervous? Yeah, I was nervous. Yeah, that's the end. You'd be like, Tell me about that experience. Mm-hmm. Now you get to choose what you want to tell. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, <laughs> and then 20 minutes later, I'm crying. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, <laughs> no. but one thing that Terry Gross said was not asking, like, we tend to start like, oh, hello, you know, hey, hey, Alan, I'm Spencer. Uh, what do you do for a living? You know, we ask people what they do for a living, but maybe what they do for a living is not what they're passionate about. You know, that's not who they are. You know, when we ask so, that, you know what you're asking? What? Or th- this is the way that I take it is you're trying to put uh, value on that person because of what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Is I, I typically don't do that. Um, yeah. If I've, if I've never met the person, I might be aware, you know, just for instance, well, he's a musician. Well, that's a given. Uh, well, I'd like to, think of something I've never asked a musician. <laughs> yeah. Or even like when you're out at a party, you know, it's it's crazy how your friends will introduce you. I've always found that kind of nuts. Cause it depends on what party I'm at or who's mm-hmm. introducing me is, uh, well, he's a musician. Oh, he's a podcaster. He's, uh, he, he's a utility worker, uh, you know, and I was like, well, I'd, I'd like to, my name's Alan. Let's let's start just right there, okay? Yeah. We'll fill in the, we'll fill in these blanks as we go. Yeah, yeah. We'll fill in the, you know. I mean, it's like then it's just filling out an application, or, or you know, like what's your, or it's a, like, uh, do you like toast? <laughs> do you yeah. like toast too? <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> cool. Toast is fun. Um, butter. You put butter on your toast? Yeah. yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not against jelly. It's a good place for it to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm on it with that. Perhaps a spicy mustard. Ooh. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and she was saying so. It's like, like, tell me about yourself. It's not what do you do. It's tell me about yourself. Or, or what's your what's your story? Man, you ask people what their story is, you know, that's that's so exciting because you don't know what they're going to give you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be the, is it a comedy? Is it a tragedy? Are they going through a divorce? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Is that going to be their story that they tell you right now? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's typically how I like opening up each podcast is talking about where we are and how we got there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just yeah. how we open this one. Who re- uh, yeah. Spencer recently moved to Athens, man. Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, yeah. Uh, there's, there's. Why'd you? Why? Uh, what's it like? Are you finding what you, what you're looking for? You know, we could go yeah. in. We can go anywhere with this. <laughs> are Are you asking these? These really? Or are we just talking about? <laughs> I think I think we've already covered it, but I guess so. That's true. Um, well, and 
you live in in what town technically in Alabama? Kennedy, Alabama. Ken- Kennedy, Alabama. That's <laughs> right. Because I knew that you you go and you and you work in Starkville, but you don't necessarily live there. Right. Okay. Gotcha. And you and you head over to Columbus, where. Um, yeah, that's where, uh, that's my scene, I guess you would say. Yeah. Well, I mean. Where you're located, that's it's um, probably one of the better towns to go to. Uh, do you spend a lot of time going to Birmingham? I just started, man. I um, yeah. I've been to Birmingham twice uh, over this over August. I went twice, yeah. and that was something that I was wanting to break into. I wanted to break into that music scene there, mm-hmm. and also is um, I mean Birmingham's got a lot going on. It's got a lot going for it. I think it's, yeah. uh, I believe it's the mecca of music in Alabama, yeah. and I've been enjoying the music that came out of Birmingham for, gosh, 15 years now, Yeah. and uh, I want to capture it, Yeah. and I also want to be a part of it. I want to play at some of those places, too. <laughs> yeah, as you should. Um, I haven't even heard any of your songs, Alan, and I would like to. I've got. I'll send you some, man. I've got a. Uh, I've got all these bedroom recordings. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, that's the best way to hear a song. If it doesn't work on a bedroom recording, then it doesn't work. I'd agree yeah. with that. And that's yeah. that's where we are now because uh, you know before, which I I tore my ACL and that was a big part of uh, money is uh, a mm-hmm. lot of the money I was saving up to go to a studio and make a proper album. I used to for the medical bills. That's right. That's right. I remember you talked about that with um, what's our boy Fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that's it, right? What's his actual name? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's his. Uh, that's his moniker. That's and that's that's all. In like in private, I'll call him by his real name. Mm-hmm. But if you know on the podcast or social media, Fuzzy because he wants to be known as Fuzzy. Yeah. Which is interesting. And let me ask you this, man. Is uh, uh-huh. in the world of music, if you could go back, uh, would you go by your real name, you know, for your solo project, or would you call it something else? Because uh, a lot of people that I talk to is like, I wish I would have given myself a name. That way I don't get lost in the swamp of that is shit sometimes. Because. A lot of singer-songwriters, uh, it's like you have to you have to get through a lot of bad to find the good. Oh, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I've thought about that. Um, and and I, I've thought about calling myself something else, but at the same time, I'm like, what the... What would I call myself? Right. Besides myself... And that's, that's kind of a hard thing. I mean, like, when you become a band, you're like, well, what do you call a band? What do you call your band? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know. I, I think I think the reason I stuck with my own name is because I, I want to be loose, you know? I, um, I want to be able to have people just kind of coming in and out, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, keeping, keeping different musicians in rotation and... And uh, and just 
working working that way. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if I want to be Spencer Thomas and the something somethings. Honestly, every time I tried to think of something like that, I I, I hated it. I'm like. Why is it not as cool as the E Street Band? Oh, that's right, because it's not the E Street Band. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, um, but and maybe maybe one day something like that will come, or I will meet a I will meet a band who will just be the backing band, and we can just they can use their name and I can use mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that was really kind of the idea. It's just like. Uh, I, I really want it to be what you see is what you get. Um, and, and, you know, and maybe having a moniker would be better for um, marketing purposes or for, oh, God, I mean, definitely for the separation of your work from you. Um, that would probably be nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because then, you know, when you don't feel value in your work, then, I don't know, sometimes that can fall into yourself and you go like, uh, you know, sometimes I need to delve into who is Spencer Thomas the person and not the musician. Um, that's when I find a different project. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's uh, there's value in either way you do it. It's mm-hmm. like... I agree with uh, 100% with you is if if I was just to say, well, I'm not going to go by Alan Aldridge. I'm going to go by the Lucid Dreamer. Well, right when you see that on a poster board, okay, Lucid Dreamer, what genre is it? That's going to be, that's going to be kind of focus, I bet. Well, yeah. you're already trying to put me in a box. Yeah. And I, that acid rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and you, I, and dude I'm trying to get away from it it's like when people if I put up a post about a recommendation for a singer songwriter or a band and then somebody will DM me uh, what genre is that what's it matter just listen to it yeah give it give it a shot cause you you don't know <laughs> um I'm I love uh, seeing that I'm like opening for or uh, or going to share a bill with somebody that I haven't heard before and the first time I hear them is on a stage I love I love that because then you just you have no idea what they sound like until you except for live for the first time I do a lot of those Sunstroke House shows like that. I did you and uh, JP Kiss like that. I didn't listen to uh, any of your uh, previous work. I didn't listen to any of your solo work. I just went. Good. And uh, <laughs> I want to be either pleasantly surprised. Uh, I don't want to go in with assumptions. Yeah. And it like if yeah. and what if I got like really attached to one of your old albums and you didn't play one song off of it? I was. Okay, I've already set myself up for disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I absolutely agree. Uh, I think... Um, oh, here's an interesting thought, Alan. 
right. If a lot of these venues shut down, are house shows just going to rule the planet? I think it's going to be that way, man. I think it's going to be like these, uh, I think as things, I don't think we'll ever see normal again. Uh-huh. We'll just have kind of like the new norm. But I believe uh, house shows will be a big part of it. And I think like these small outside venues, yeah, I could see it like maybe just outside of a city like Athens, maybe there's a dope-ass barn. And, you know, you could have like a, a mini Woodstock 69 is to where, yeah. you know, uh, they put out a post, a poster of who's going to be playing on this date at this barn. Uh, you only pay to park. Mm-hmm. And you just go and enjoy it. And it gets done a few times, and then the next thing you know, it's like, we got to find a bigger place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I think the way that we, uh, the, the music... Uh, the music community and the way that we listen and ingest music live is forever going to be changed. And I wonder what that means for your super groups and your super bands, you know, your stadium arena rock, you know, something that you have to rent out a football stadium just to pack that many people in there to see it. Yeah. Uh, is that forever gone? Will yeah. you, will you well, only be able to watch them on your TV now? Yeah. And I mean, watching them on a TV, you know, paying for a live stream, I mean, you know, that's, that's like, that's putting in a live DVD, that's watching, that's watching a YouTube performance. I mean, it's, it's like, even though with a live stream, it is live, it's, um, it's just, it is not and will never be the same. Right. Uh, as, as much as we try to use it as a replacement in this moment, uh, it is not and will never be the same. Yeah. Um, but, man, I'll, I got to say, I, um, I'm glad that I wasn't, I wasn't really a full-time musician. Um, you know, I, I teach lessons. I, uh, at, the, at the time, back in Jackson, I was working in a liquor store. Um, you know, I played, I, I would play at a church and I, I had my, I had my little, little things that I would do, uh, to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. And I remember used to wanting so bad to be a full-time musician as, as fast as I possibly could. And then you see, uh, everybody having to cancel and reschedule dates for over a year from when they were planned mm-hmm. you know people releasing records to the sound of one hand clapping because they can't they can't go anywhere they can't play shows um you know my my friend lily hyatt released a record mid-march mm-hmm. had all sorts of dates she was going to europe in september she had to move the whole thing mm-hmm I mean, and I just can't imagine how that feels. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, I know he he eventually did, and it was the same. It was around the time that uh, Lily announced that she was going to drop her record, but Isbel, you know, announced that uh, the 400 units got their next album ready, but 
how could you possibly drop it right now? You can't play it. Mm-hmm. And he eventually did, but I'm glad they did, man. But I was curious about that too. Is like, what's the point in dropping a new record right now if you can't tour it? If you can't play yeah. it? Like, it's great for your fans. I mean, you, they get to hear that you're working and you got new material, but then again, it sucks for them because they can't see it. So it's it was a weird thing, man. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, I I really think a lot about those those house shows and you know, like back in back in December when Pete and I were driving around in my Toyota Highlander and. Um, <laughs> just showing up to these houses and and all those shows just like I don't know man I've played in I've played played in towns across the United States where um again the uh, the sound of one hand clapping <laughs> yeah you know, you're you play at a play at a venue that that didn't care to to promote you or or anything or or maybe they did and nobody cared to show up i mean that that's also li- liable to happen or they have or they they fit you on a bill with somebody who makes absolutely no sense um and uh and you know and you you feel you can feel defeated in those in those moments where there are uh, two people or one person or maybe it's just the sound person and the bartender and that's who you're counting as people to listen to your music that night mm-hmm. um, but at house shows man we build a community out of that and those people they will go to the Sunstroke house anytime there's a show they don't care Right, they're gonna go yeah, don't even I mean, I don't even care who it is. Yeah, they don't care. They don't even care who it is. And then they show up and they're like, "Oh my God, this is great! I love your songs. Please, can I get a record?" We just spent twenty minutes outside on the patio talking about uh, whatever. <laughs> Tom Petty. Yeah, I mean, you know, and so like they they learn to. They also get to know you too, and that I realized why that's. Pete only plays house shows. I get it. Because, I mean, his his songs, for the most part, are very delicate. Mm-hmm. And, and, and need to be... need to be in a, in a quiet space. And not, not in a bar with TVs hanging overhead. Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's a different... It's a different vibe altogether. Like, the people that are there are there for music. And, like, when you go to a bar, you might just happen to be at that bar to watch the game with you, buddy, or just have a beer. And be like, oh, there's live music. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um... And that's... I mean, I've... Like, what little bit I played, I remember uh, when I was 18, is I used to gig a lot then. I just do open mics every now and then right now. As, yeah. as they're not really a thing right now anywhere 
But uh, I remember uh, it was my second or third gig. It was the worst show I ever played in my life. And, and uh, I was with my dad the other day, and it's not a bar anymore. I, I don't even, it's some kind of, I think it's a restaurant now. But I, it used to be a bar. And um, I just pointed out to my dad, I was like, that used to be a bar. I don't even remember what it was called now, but uh, I've never walked in that building again. <laughs> He's like, what happened? I was like, dude, I played a garbage show. It was the worst show I ever played in my life. And I just, like, I remember... Like, the crowd was nice. It wasn't exactly a big crowd. I think it was probably about 20 people, which was very good for me at the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they still clapped. But I, I it was it was butchery. <laughs> it was just not good. It was just an off night. Mm. Maybe spent too much time pre-gaming. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But uh, but I feel like uh, if if I was ever to uh, get into these house show circuits uh, like what you know what Pete and you have done is uh, that would be something that my music would need uh, is yeah. it it doesn't belong uh, really anywhere else I could do it at a coffee shop but I mm -hmm. it's not really for a bar right oh man. Um. Somebody also, that same example, John Moreland. Uh, uh, I've been told this story a couple of times, but John Moreland was playing at Proud Larry's in Oxford, Mississippi. Have you been? I've been to Proud Larry's, yeah. Yeah. Um, great. I mean, a really wonderful venue. Mm -hmm. Really, uh, I've played so many nights at Proud Larry's, and I, and I love it. In fact, I would say one of the best show that I played in 2020, which are very few, <laughs> the best show that I played in 2020 was mid-January at Proud Larry's. But anyway, John Moreland was playing to the loud-ass, drunk, talking-ass Oxford group because I have never played in front of people so loud and like to hear their voices more than the people of Oxford, Mississippi. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, I mean, when we're playing as a rock and roll band, that's one thing, but we're talking about John Moreland. Yeah. And people are talking all over his ass. And um, and somebody stands, there's, a, there's steps at the, the back of the room uh -huh. where people can walk up and go to the bathroom and somebody gets to the top of the steps and he's like, everybody shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> he just screams it out because obviously he was there to hear John Moreland play and John was just like, thank you, dude. Come <laughs> see me afterwards. You know, and then I'm sure hooked him up with a lot of free shit. Mm -hmm. um, now, granted, this is hearsay. I was not at that show, so... Um, if somebody, if somebody thinks it went down differently, they can discuss the validity of my story. But, um, I've, that's, I've, but that's the truth. I've, I've <laughs> been at uh, I want it was uh, Blue Canoe 
Uh, I like going there in Tupelo for music. Uh, Adam Morgan, he does a phenomenal job of booking people. Mm-hmm. And it's same as Callahan's in Mobile. Is yeah. uh, I've seen Did shows in like small little venues like that and I'll order you know some food I'll have a couple of beers and if I'm with a friend I'll I'll go ahead and just you know I'll speak it into existence I was like you will never be able to do this again uh one one time it was culture wall mm-hmm. and I was like you we won't do this again you won't be able to sit in a room that is not just jam packed like we're talking 15, 20 people. That won't happen again. So you be, you better enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man. Yeah, especially the Blue Canoe, man. I mean, look at that wall. Alabama Shakes, uh, yeah. American Aquarium, uh, Sturgill Simpson, Leon Bridges. Mm-hmm. I mean, you name it. They played there. Shovels and Rope. Shovels and Rope. Playing on that little stage in there, the Blue Canoe. Yeah. You know? And now, like, they're, they're at amphitheaters. I mean, it's just no doubt. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing to watch, and it's really just as long as you just continue to keep at it. But I think that's it with musicians and lack of shows. How do you keep at it? In what ways do you keep at it? I've been waiting on, like, these parking lot shows to start happening again. Oh. Like, uh, there's, I've never done it personally, but I remember uh, Monk, he's got a story of catching Nathaniel Rateliff in a parking lot in Tupelo. And then, uh, and this was before, uh, this is before they blew up. It was before uh, that album that had Son of a Bitch on it and uh, Wasting Time. It was a, it was a killer album. Uh, mm-hmm. It was right before that came out. Yeah. And uh, he was like, you won't get that again. Well, I think now you could. Yeah. You could have like these pop-up shows to where it's just like put out on social media maybe a day or two in advance at the Walmart parking lot in Athens, Georgia. You can see so-and-so. Yeah. Man, people be so dying for a live show that it'd probably come I'm telling you (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you but um one thing that I'd like to bring back to the uh to the moniker uh you know the discussion Mm -hmm. um cause cause I've realized something uh, especially becoming uh a you know I don't really like to say a solo artist, but, um, but going back to just using my name and putting records out under, under my name, um, I just really think about the fact that like, man, I'm like, fans, if I have fans, that's great, but really, I just want to make friends. Yeah. If I can just, you know make the most if I can just make enough friends who happen to enjoy my music and support me well hell uh, then that will be a great foundation for just a for just a nice steady climb mm-hmm. 
throughout my career because man i'm not i'm you know i love bruce springsteen and i love tom petty i'm not trying to i'm not trying to be them i'm not trying to be at their their level their status and in fact i kind of just want to put on put on my records and and you know and and um go go do do touring with with this band or, or that band play um you know i'm a little bit of a jack of all trades and i want to be able to step in and play music with other people and be able to uh make records and then constantly relieve the pressure of creativity on myself by being involved in another project serving someone else yeah and um I don't know. I think I'm. I think I'm starting to find my groove. And uh, once Athens, Georgia, does rock and roll again, because it sure as hell does uh, without a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll be able to do exactly that. Yeah, man. I, I guess like one thing to add to what you said there is uh, first time I was um, sharing. Uh, I guess it's your latest work. I don't know if. You might have put out some singles, or but hanging tough. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Sharing it with a friend, and uh, I think when we got the company man, uh, my buddies kind of reminds me of Tom Petty. Spencer would really like you saying that. <laughs> I think he's really inspired by Tom Petty, but uh, don't put him in that box, please. Yeah. Well, I would. I would rather. I would rather people name influences for a sound that I'm going for than than start naming genres. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like when people are like, "Oh, you write songs? What kind of music?" You know? Which I'm like, I'm like, look, man, I don't know. I just I, I write songs about my feelings. I like Bruce Springsteen and Tom Petty and you know, and Warren Zevon. And uh, I don't know. I just just make songs. Here you can you can hear them. I'm about yeah. to go step on the stage right now. <laughs> yeah, hope you like <laughs> you it. You have to ask what kind of music. Like, did you did you want a funk band? Because <laughs> it's not what you're getting. Look at this acoustic guitar. <laughs> yeah, that should get, that should give you an idea. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Alan, I think that uh, I'm about ready to go for the evening. Yeah, I was um, thinking about our conversation yesterday. I think we pretty much hit everything. Mm-hmm. I think we, yeah, I think we nailed it. And I'm, uh, I'm so appreciative of, uh, of your generosity and, and helping out musicians uh, during their time of need. I mean, you know, you, you bought merch from me. You, you gave me part of your stimulus check. <laughs> I mean, I just, uh, I, I know that it's not something that you were trying to publicize, but I mean, I just, I, I just, I just mean, uh, just, I have very deep gratitude for, for our, our, our friendship and, and your support. Yeah, man. Um, uh, and so. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I, I saw you for the first time at the Sunstroke house and I immediately found value in your work and what you do and I'm behind it. And, uh. What's the best way that you can support your friends is to support them uh, in their endeavors. And if it's financial at that time, so be it. But you do what you do to 
keep the dream afloat, right? Yeah, you do what you do to keep the dream afloat. And Lord, we're all trying to, we're just trying to float. That's the thing, man, is like, uh, <laughs> that's the whole mantra of what we open this conversation up and we'll walk it out uh, with this is, uh, I mean, I've, I'm looking around and I'm seeing a lot of people just on the verge of drowning. And uh, I want people to know that uh, I know, I know they're there, and uh, I care. Yeah. Excellent note to end on. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, brother, it was big, it was good to catch up with you. I, I can't wait for some new music, and I'll uh, I'll send you over uh, a couple of my songs. Yeah, yeah. Please do. I'll, I'll text you my email. All right. Um, after after we're done and um, yeah I uh, Alan I, I, I think I've I think I've found my, my place and I think I've, I've found my team for uh, getting ready to work on record two so it's an even better note to end on mm-hmm. yeah I've, I've, um, I'll I'll be sure to tell you more about it another time, but yeah, uh, I was I was just at the place today, and I think mm, I think this is this is where a record needs to be made. So more on that. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Well, let's get um, out of here, right? Yeah. All right. Peace out. Well, uh, yeah. Peace out. Take care, buddy. Yeah, man. When I fall Out of my prime Barely in time Will you lift Me up When I can Seem to see the light Stuck in the night Will you lift me up? I don't know why I'm this way I don't know what brings me down Yeah to say I don't want no one around If you don't mind the trouble too much When I fall Will you lift me up
Big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.